In today's episode of the podcast, we talk to one of my favorite people, Suzanne Polinski. Some of you know her as the rock star advocate. I figure this time of the year, we're starting to reevaluate what we did right, what we did wrong, and we're going into the new year with this fresh, we're revigorated, and like Brendan Burchard always says, the best time to have the map is before you go into the forest. Well, we don't have a map, but we are going to talk about the Rockstar Planner. But before we do that, I want to feature one of you, someone who took the time to leave a review on iTunes. This is from Valentine Bennett. In a world full of people trying to kiss an artist's butt, Rick will kick it with love in the right direction to help you achieve your goals. A five-star podcast that garnishes five-star results. If you'd like to be featured in an upcoming episode, all you have to do is go to iTunes and leave a review. The episode with Sue's coming up next. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, talent TV shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. What's up? Let me unmute you. There she is. How are you? Good. Just going from back to back to back to back. So Right? <laughs> that's just kind of the way we roll. That's just yep. kind of the way we roll. So are you in your little house right now? No, I'm actually at Luminary. It's a co-working space. They um, asked me to come sell my book at their small business uh, sale today. So as soon as we're done, I'm right upstairs. <laughs> okay, so you're shooting this video, you're recording this podcast, and you're doing a book launch all in the same day? Yeah, why not, right? Very nice. Well, while we got you here, uh, this is Sue. Uh, so Sue's goes by the Rockstar Advocate. So it's funny because some people will go, do you know Suzanne? I go, I don't know that I know a Suzanne. And they're like, no, Sue's. I'm like, yes, I know Sue's. They're like, oh, but it's like, so tell everyone a little bit about yourself that may not know who you are. And then I want to jump right in on your planner because it's this time of year right now that people are like going, oh crap, I need to get so organized. And you're the queen of that. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So yes, my name is Sue, Suzanne, Sue, whatever, um, whatever uh, you've heard me from. Um, I started the Rockstar Advocate uh, just five years ago uh, this month, actually. And um I, uh, I started out in the music industry when I was 18. Um, I interned for Atlantic Records. I attended Drexel University. We were their first graduating class of the music industry program. So a couple of classmates and I started Mad Dragon Records. It's our student-run record label. It still goes today, almost 20 years later. And um, then I left. I graduated early to work for Astroworks. 
as their Midwest sales coordinator. And um, all my accounts were closing within six months of me working there. Tower Records, Sam Goody, Virgin Megastore, they were all, all going down. So, um, so I left there to start my own company with my college roommate. And you know, I always say to people, we knew the music business backwards and forwards. Our biggest hurdle, and I didn't learn this till much later, was that we didn't understand entrepreneurship. Right. That's a completely different thing. Um, so we, you know, we couldn't figure out how to price our services, how to onboard clients, but we knew copyright law, we knew contract law, we knew licensing and all of this stuff. Um, so we really couldn't uh, get over our, our own hurdles. And we also had a lot of perfection paralysis. No blog post was ever good enough to publish. We had to keep tweaking it. By the time we tweaked it, new information came out and then we'd rewrite it. And you know, everything was just bogged down with perfectionism. Um, and we went through many iterations of our business. And finally, about six years later, we said, okay, this isn't, you know, we, this isn't working. And so we took, we took a break. She went off and did her thing. And I went and got my master's in psychology. I said, you know, maybe I'll just go be a social worker. Maybe this, this industry isn't for me. And then when I finished my master's, it clicked. And I was like, this was what I was missing. You know, this mental health um, stuff that we're, we all deal with, but especially in the music industry. You know, I always say it's one thing to be an actor or an actress, you know, in the entertainment industry in general. But you're not just getting, if you get rejected, you're not just getting rejected for your performance, you're getting rejected from something you created from in here. Right. It's so much harder as a songwriter and a musician to sustain uh, the, the brutality that often comes with this industry. And so uh, a lot of my clients that I had when I would do their social media plan, I would do their marketing plan in my old business, a lot of them were coming to me for post-tour depression. They were coming to me to get, get over a breakup um, understand, you know, what do I do when my parents say, I'll cut you off or you're getting out of this house if you don't, you know, quit Get being a real job. Right. What do I do? And I started charging them. I said, okay, well, you know, but nobody wanted to pay for therapy. So. But they I, pay I, for therapy. That's something that people have always paid for. Exactly. But, but artists didn't seem to want to do it. They're like, my art is my therapy. I'm like, no, that's your creation. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You haven't processed it. Um, yeah, you wouldn't be coming to me with your problems if your art was your therapy. <laughs> right. It's, it's not working for you. Well, um, and that's why going back to what you said earlier about them not understanding entrepreneurship is I personally don't think you can teach someone entrepreneurship. Right. I personally don't believe that artists, people need to understand how to become small business owners, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. hopefully become large business owners. But entrepreneurship, Entrepreneurs don't give a crap. Artists so give a crap. Right. Entrepreneurs aren't afraid to lose money. Right. Artists are scared of even spending money. <laughs> Entrepreneurs can get punched in the face and be okay with it. Artists have every wants everyone to be nice to them. It's like right. so it's like two right. completely different worlds. They they throw that word around like, oh yeah, I'm an artist entrepreneur. No, you're not. Right. You know, or you would be investing and not afraid and you would max out every credit card and pay it off and max it out and pay it off. It's like, right. I tell somebody that like, I said, I'm my own bank. I got great credit. I run them up, I pay them off. I run it up, I pay them off. I don't look at things like I can't afford that. I look at things like I can't afford not to have this right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't think artists or most creatives. 
Yeah, and it's it's really it's all a mindset. I mean, I was my my money mindset just for that matter. I was, you know, my my college roommate and I were always like, well, here's the money we have, and then even like our parents were kind enough to give us some some small loans that luckily we somehow managed to pay back. But we were like, okay, like that's what we've got, and there was no, well, we'll take out a line of credit or we'll, you know, we'll do. I mean, I remember doing a garage sale hoping that it would get us the money we needed to do like we were just so backwards in what needed to happen and it took a lot of working with as you said you know before you know working with coaches and understanding you know i decided five years ago this month to hire a coach and say you know this is it you know i looked at it as it was a lot it was a lot of money and i was like well i just paid a lot of money for my masters and now i need my masters in entrepreneurship like Correct. Now I need my degree in running my business. Um, and they really helped me with my money mindset. As you were saying, like, you'll figure it out later, but you got to spend money to make money. And you, this is what you need. And, <laughs> and what, what she's yeah. referring to, just so everyone knows, is that this is our second conversation <laughs> today. Uh, we did. I was a guest on her podcast earlier, which I'll make sure in the video <laughs> description below, you know how to get to her podcast. And we were talking about that one of the thing she asked me was, what do you wish you would have done earlier? I said, I wish I would have got coaching earlier mm -hmm. because I was bound and determined to figure this thing out on my own. And what I realized, and, and it was something else that you just said too, Suze, that's important, is that anything technical, you guys, you have the time to go on YouTube, Google, figure it out. What you're getting from the coach is the knowledge and experience that they have in solving other people's problems or getting someplace that you want to get to. Right. Coaching, coaching is not for everyone. Let me just tell you this right now. If you're an excuse maker, if you've got an answer for everything, right. if you're going to spend all the time trying to convince the coach on why you're different, coaching is not for you. I've had people that have spent thousands of dollars with me that I gave them their money back. I said, look, every time we get on the phone, you have all the answers. Why are you paying me here? And then three years later, they're still in the same position that they were when they came. So coaching's not for everyone. Coaching is right when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And when you know that, you know what? I just did a, a YouTube video on this. It's like, sometimes we have to get out of our own way. <laughs> the person that's holding us back is us. Go look yeah. in the mirror. That's your biggest obstacle right now. It's not the industry. It's not the government. It's <laughs> not anything but the person looking right back at you in the mirror and usually it's because we're trying to either minimize the work that needs to be done or we're trying to blame everyone else for the reasons why things aren't happening right and that's where i think you and i have always been on the same page it's like look totally. we can't help you it's like an addict you know i'm 27 years sober until i realize i have a problem trust me all my friends saw i had a problem my parents saw I had a problem. Oh, heck no, I didn't see that I had a problem until I could see that there was a problem. There was no cure for me. There was no fix for me. Until you realize that, you know what? I can get up every day if I want to and make a difference with my music. I just need to go learn the tools to be able to do it. And I need to quit talking myself out of it by saying I don't have enough time. And that's where we come into... Right. Your planner. You're right. like, you know what? We all, I mean, here's what I said. So my, my week this week, 
I have three hours this week right. going through all these yellow pads <laughs> and transferring them to one yellow pad and right. then getting those into a planner. Right. And here's my big three and here's the things right. that I have to do. I mean, I've got Michael Hyatt's planners that I have forever and I start them and I'm good. Right. It's days and then something happens and then you'll see it says, oh, January. Oh, March. Oh, yeah, yeah. picked it back up in March <laughs> and things like that. So let's talk about this whole process of getting organized or for our Canadian friends, the process. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really just about understanding structure and just having some discipline and or accountability. You know, some people are just never disciplined enough, but then it's like, well, then have accountability. Get somebody, you know, to be accountable with you. And and one thing quickly that I do want to say about account accountability is I was speaking to a client recently who said, yeah, no, I have an accountability partner, but we're not, you know, we're not really serious about it. And I said, well, then it's a horrible partner to have. <laughs> and it's not, it's not their job. It has to be a two way street, unless you're going to pay, like you can pay me. I have clients pay me on a monthly retainer to keep them accountable. Yep. That's great. It's a one way street. And then the other way is giving me money. <laughs> but if you're, if you want to for free, have an accountability buddy, it's not their job to call you and be like, did you do this? You have to set up, I have, I have an episode about this with Karina, Karina, a wonderful artist, and Lauren Kelly Benson, another wonderful artist. They are each other's accountability buddy, but they show up for each other. They don't yeah. show up for themselves. And so if you don't come from a place of service, if you don't come from a place of I'm here to root you on, not just I'm here to be held accountable, it's not gonna work. So if you're not somebody that can root somebody else on and help show up for them, then pay somebody like myself to hold you accountable. <laughs> well, and also too is your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend cannot right. be an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. Trust me, my wife, I have an accountability partner for my health. Right. Trust me, my wife knows that I shouldn't be eating certain things. She right. can't be my accountability partner. Right. I had to be able right. to get someone outside of that right. situation. <laughs> Yeah, you need somebody with some distance. I mean, even Karina Karina and Lauren would say, you know, they didn't start out as best friends who became accountability buddies. They were accountability buddies who have then developed this wonderful relationship. But yeah, you need somebody that is is as driven with their goals as you are with yours. And, and that's the only way that it can work. But when it comes to planning and it comes to healthy habits or, or getting out of bad habits, it's really just about routine. And when I say that word to musicians, they're like, oh, I don't know. I became a musician so I could thumb my nose at routine and, and live creatively and live when I feel moved to do something. And it's like, that's great. But now you're fighting hundreds of thousands of years of human behavior. Well, and if you just want to make music, there is nothing right. wrong with that. Right. But when you want someone to start giving you money, you right. are now a business. You're not an artist anymore. Right. You are a business owner and a business owner has to think different in right. order to be successful. So let me just also say this. We're not telling you guys what you have to do. We're giving you opinions based on years of knowledge and experience. Right. And if you're taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast or watch this YouTube video, you are a different type of artist. That's right. where I feel bad sometimes because the people that we're really talking to aren't Are the ones. Here. Right. 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 But, exactly. but it also gives some validity to the people that are listening to this going, okay, I'm in the right place. Exactly. You know, so, so those exactly. of you don't think we're beating you up because you're here. It's just, we may get a random 
trespasser. (laughs) Well, and also, you know, it's a lot of it is like you said before, like having certain tools at your disposal. It's when you, you know, you can, you can show up and listen to something like this and you can, you can read the books and, and, and get the notes on it. But when it comes to implementing it, you know, a lot of what I see that artists trip up on is having the structure. And then they say, as you said, with like excuses, well, I'm an artist. I'm not, I'm not built for structure. I'm, I'm creative. It's going to kill my creativity. That's the I, difference between an artist and a superstar, folks. The superstars are built for structure. Well, and it's and that's also, why we have so few of them. Well, and it's also realizing you're fighting, like I said, human nature for hundreds of thousands of years. They conflate being creative with... I would eat pizza while looking at a diet book. You know, <laughs> I used to, I used to smoke cigarettes with the patch on. I mean, come on people. <laughs> but it's also understanding that humans are, are creatures of habit. Sure. You know, we, we think, well, creativity means I don't have routine, but that's not really it. Your creativity is a gift that you have inside. That's not going to go away because you've put some structure in your day. So, you know, I always say to them, you know, animals, there, there's a routine when, okay. You know, now listen, I'm a nighttime person. Somebody else might be a morning person. That's okay. We can differ there, but our bodies past a certain point of being awake are going to stop working for us. So if you want to work at night, you better make your day so that you're not waking up before 10 a.m. You know, if you want to burn those midnight uh, candles, then you better be sleeping in late later in the day right. you want to shift your structure fine i always say I, I i tried so hard for years to be a part of the 5 a.m club until i realized all that that means is that those those ceos that normally start their day at eight are getting up at five so that they have three hours for themselves to do their routine great well i am blessed to be able to start my day whenever i want so if i love working and i'm productive at night then my workday starts at 11 and I'm getting up at eight to have that time to myself to set up my day for success. I'm not getting up at five because I go to bed at two or three. Like that doesn't happen. So to you can still be flexible with it, but you have to understand some sort of structure. We all, if you think about it, went through elementary school, middle school, high school with from 12 to one is English, from right. one to two is gym, from two to three is math. Like you were time blocked your whole life. Then you decide to become a musician and your hours are yours however you want them. And we stop time blocking and our brains are like, wait, where are we? What are we working on? But it's on? still the same 24 hours right. a day. You just get to restructure it <laughs> what works best for you. When people right. tell me, Rick, I don't have time for social media, bullshit. I don't believe that right. because you're not every single second of your day. It's like, and I, I do this activity every time I speak, right. I'll, somebody will always say, it and I'll say, great, let's just chat for a second. Right. 24 hours in a day. How much sleep do you need? I need seven hours. Great. I'll give you eight. So let's go eight. Right. Okay. Now we have 16 Six. hours left. Right. Great. How much time you want to get to the gym every day? Right. Oh, I don't go to, well, let's just give you an hour, you know, right. and I give it, we still look at this block. Right that's left mm-hmm. at the end. Um, and, and I, and I think too, is it's like, as, as we start to reevaluate things in our life, we just figure out what becomes important. Right. And, and we don't all hit it at the same time. And that's why I don't want a lot of people beating themselves up. It's like, look, if you're not ready, that's okay. 
And if you start and you fall off, do overs are okay. Mm-hmm. I did a podcast a while back. Sometimes quitting is good. Mm. People that say winners never quit. No, you should wow. quit some relationships. You should quit yeah. some things in your life and knowing what to quit right. is super important. So don't be afraid to, to sit down and, and don't wait till Monday, people. <laughs> if Once it hits you, right. don't let four days go by because it hits you on a Thursday. Well, I'll start this on Monday. Once that whatever it is that gets in your, your head, take some kind of action, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, if you feel the need, take that action right then. But don't beat yourselves up a lot. And you mentioned earlier about entitlement. You know, no one owes me anything. No right. one owes Sue's anything. No one owes you anything. I had an artist say, I just want everything I'm entitled to. I'm like, where the heck's the entitlement store? Because right. I would love to shop there. You know, but what I feel too is if I feel I'm entitled to something, that means somebody else isn't. And I'm not willing to be that person. I'm not willing to determine who's entitled. We're entitled to get up every day and make it the best day that we can, period. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot for, for a number of years, actually. And I think where the disconnect came is that, you know, in the, in the early 2000s, let's say, you know, to 2006, 2007, when all those major stores were closing and labels were starting to struggle and artists were really, there were a few people out there that were really finding success just doing it themselves, you know, using CD Baby or using YouTube as it came out and really being those early adopters. I think the disconnect is that musicians said, well, since I can do it myself, then I can be successful. So since the opportunity is out there, then then I'm, I'm entitled to it. And it's like, no, just because the label might have gone away in sure. your journey or just because you don't need A, B, or C doesn't mean you don't have to work hard. Doesn't mean that you don't have to take on and learn more things. It doesn't mean that you still have to win fans over and, and give them a reason to listen to your music. Like, it's not that, like, the control went away. It's not like you have this enormous freedom and then all of a sudden freedom equals easy. That's not what that means. Freedom sometimes even means more work. It um, does. And I think yeah. what's available to all of us, are myself included and you included, by being able to have these conversations with people, not having to buy a Super Bowl ad to be seen, <laughs> not having to be on television on a commercial, is the opportunity to get your product in front of the consumer right. every day without anyone's permission is right. available to each right. and every one of us. And I think that's what is most important right now. I also think going back to the whole psychology part of this is you have to determine what success means to you because no two artists career paths have ever been Mm -hmm. the same convenience, opportunity, timing, luck are not duplicatable. You want to always prepare yourself for whatever opportunity it is. that's going to come your way. If you can make $50,000 a year doing what you love, you're making more than the majority of the world. Right. making a lot less doing what they hate. Right. And, so and you have, that's the part that quit comparing yourself to what right. you see everyone else that. Right. Well, because, like I always think, I think of a couple of things when, when people bring this up, it's like, well, number one, like you said, is somebody might be at a job making bank, right? What you consider a lot of money. And then what are they spending on alcohol, drugs, therapy, all these other quick fixes to try, well, therapy is not a quick fix, but all these other quick fixes to try to deal with being in a job they hate. 
Now, you might be making less money, but you're doing what you love, and you don't need all those quick fixes just to get by. Right. Probably on even ground money-wise. Like, you know what I'm like? So not to look at it that way, I totally agree with you. And the, the other thing that I always think of is that triangle with the fast, the good, and the money. And it's like, well, if you, ha you know, it, or no, is, it, is that what the three spokes are? It's like fast, good, and... I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, cost. So it's like if you if it's if you want it uh, fast and good, then it'll be low cost. But if you want it, you know, good and fast, then you you gotta have that cost. Like you can't have you can't take one away and be successful with it. Sure. So what I always what I always think about when you said Super Bowl ad, it's like yes, if you have millions of dollars to hire the best marketing team to create the the best commercial that can go viral and be on the Super Bowl, okay, great. But you don't, and the trade-off is like I'm. My my guilty pleasure is um, one of my favorite shows was Once Upon a Time, and right. they always said you know magic comes at a price. And I look at this new music industry, this new generation as magic. Like you said, you could just open up your computer and you can reach somebody on, on the other side of the world. That to me is magic, but it comes at a price. The price right. is you got to put in hard work. You got to learn to wear all the hats that a record label used to wear for you. And you got to put in the time with your fans and engage with them. Like that's the hard work. You don't get all of this, you know, great technology and all this reach without the work. What else you don't get is record companies spend money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Right. And you don't have to because you don't. <laughs> And I tell people there's a difference between the music industry and the music business. The industry has rules. Right. We don't have to play by those same rules as a person. Right. The industry is, you know, they, they tell you what everyone's going to sound like. We can sound like whatever we want. Right. The industry, you know, the industry, it's like, no, it's like you, everybody wants to be their record company, but they don't want to spend like right. a business and that's a, that's a mentality thing, and that's okay. And hey, for for a long time, you can get away with that. But no, if you want your business to grow, one, you need to put some solid structure in your life. Right. You need to start budgeting. You need to start sitting down, saying, okay, where in my business do I need to get better right now? Where are the holes? Where are the cracks? Sometimes right. businesses will hire a consultant to come in. It's just an outside set of eyes. Right. In my management program, I tell people, here's what I offer: big picture strategy. <laughs> planning, right. accountability, mm -hmm. you know, that word's way up there at the top. You right. know, it's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look. We're going to goal set. We're going to make sure that if you right. say this is what you want, you're going to get this. So uh, as we wrap this up, we kind of, and this happens when we get together is we kind of went off <laughs> on your planner. <laughs> right. So let's get back and finish up with the planner and where they can learn more about you and what it is that you do. Yeah, so this is the planner, guys. This, it looks, if you have the 2019, it looks very similar, it's just teal now instead of black. Um, but we did make some updates. Uh, both Hold it up again real good and I'll get a nice little video copy. The 2020 Rockstar Life Planner, there we go. <laughs> and so um, what we did is, so this was another uh, college roommate of mine, Miss um, Alyssa B. Jackson. She is, uh, well, she was a mechanical engineer for the Navy. Alyssa and then, B.? Jackson. So there's Cheryl B. Yes. There's Sue B. Zimmerman and now Alyssa B. It's like the now only people that go by their middle initial is if it happens to be B. 
I would have gone with SJP, but then people would always think Sex in the City, and I'd be like, you know, uh. my branding doesn't work that well. But um, but this is what what we decided to do was, you know, she mechanical engineer, very left brain thinker, uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to move to LA. I want to be an actress comedian, and she's doing it. She's killing it out there. So she decided to take the leap and we love planners and we would Skype all the time and plan out our next months and everything. But we'd go to Barnes and Nobles and we were like, yeah, but I've got my newsletter for my following. I've got my social media that I have to plan out. I have to think about my budget. And like these planners were made for, you know, maybe moms or, you know, parents or even business owners, but not creative business owners, not addressing the things that a lot of creatives struggle with, which is, Oh yeah, reminding myself I have to build relationships and network, which a lot of artists don't want to do. I have to um, talk myself down and 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 get uh, understand better about uh, the, when I get knocked down. I got to get back up. I got to work on my money mindset. A lot of the things that don't come naturally to creatives aren't there in this structure in a planner. So what I what we did together was I had already been creating all of these templates for my clients things to keep track of their social media, ways to plan out their newsletter, ways to track their engagement, not their vanity metrics. Um, you know, and, and by that, I mean the comments, the shares that you get, the open and click rates of your newsletter, tracking those. Um, I'd already created those templates. So what she did was she made them look really nice in Adobe InDesign. And we created this book and we've been doing it since 2016, but this is the second year we've had spiral binding, again, listening to what your audience wants. Sure. First one was like the size of a Bible. Um, and they were like, no, make it thin, make it small, make it spiral bound. And, you know, we finally did it. And um, there are grayed out pages on the sides for you to easily get to these reference pages in the fronts and backs for long-term visions, for pages to write your lyrics That's on. Great. And then, as you had said, to, re to keep track of your financials, your revenue and your expenses. And then there are, there's a whole list in the back of, um, you get a passcode and you get to download all of these lists um, of templates and checklists that I've made over the years to keep track of your booking, your uh, contracts, your copyright registrations, your metadata, all of that stuff um, we have available in a private digital library. So we're super proud of it. Right. You know, we're grateful to people like yourself who give us a platform to talk about it. Each year it just grows and grows and grows. Um, and we're just really excited about that. So, and that's what you're doing today. You're going to go upstairs yeah. and do a little, little book signing there. Yeah. Great. So tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. So everything, find me at therockstaradvocate.com. Rockstar Advo on all social media, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, all of the things. Um, and uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's the Rockstar Advocate. Um, the, with the planner comes with access to a private Facebook group for accountability. It's called the Rockstar Collective. So those are all the places. But Rockstar Advo, that's where you'll be able to find me. Perfect. All <laughs> right, my dear. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great day. Uh, book signing, and I will see you again sooner rather than later. And thanks for the Great. twofer on this. I got the YouTube video and the podcast. So <laughs> Thank I you. I'll see you on Instagram. <laughs> Bye. If you feel that having a manager is what is needed in your career, if you think that is what is missing, I invite you to head on over to Manage My Music Career 
managemymusiccareer.com. That's managemymusiccareer.com. Take the Am I Ready for a Manager assessment, and also you'll get invited to a free manager training where I talk about what it is that a manager does, when you should look for a manager, what to expect from your manager, and I'll even break the big myth of what everyone thinks is really happening inside the music business. Just head over to managemymusiccareer.com. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.